0: Hello welcome to the Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we are doing on Sunday evening. Joining me from New York City, where I believe you went to the Nets game today, where you saw Cam Thomas score 46 points. Tim Bontemps.
1: I looked at the box score in the fourth quarter when I saw Cam Thomas had 46 points, and I said, oh, that's interesting. I was, <laughs> first, I, first I realized what was going on in the game today not mikhail quite a bridges. little more interesting day for uh our guy Ben mcmahon as there's been a lot of those lately down and we'll down get there
0: in one second mikhail bridges played in his 83rd game today
1: but he played. only played for
0: played in quotes i, I want to just say something real quick how Four do you seconds. feel about a guy p- playing for 35 seconds or whatever it was
1: well, it was it was 31 seconds less than 35 seconds. He yeah. came in and played yeah. four seconds.
0: Look was it only really four seconds? He, Clay he Thompson totally... has as
1: many
2: championship rings as as Bridges played seconds today. <laughs> the,
0: the ball was That's... tipped. The ball was
1: tipped. The Mavs got the ball or the, the Mavs. That was a Freudian slip with our bad guy Ben McMahon. The the uh the Sixers got the ball. Mikhail Bridges committed an intentional foul and went to the bench.
2: I'm Dan McMahon. Keep- no one's introduced me. Damn it. Ben McMahon. Will, that's me. Howdy partners.
0: Come on. I, I will. No, don't mess with, with our flow here.
2: Oh, well, which well, I the guess flow ain't never getting to me.
0: <laughs> I don't know how I, gonna, in a while. Gonna I guess you're going to, you're going to get plenty of time to talk here, pal. don't worry. I guess if I, if it's getting a contract bonus, I'm fine with it. I'm I'm more missed
1: a game. I'm fine with Mikael Bridges playing four seconds in this game. You know why? Because four seconds was all anyone should have paid attention to this game. (laughs) All right, we'll sum that up by Doc Rivers saying before the game, his goal for the day was to get to watch the end of the Masters, which he succeeded in doing. So, yeah, but
0: by the time he got there, probably was already decided. Joining us from Dallas, Texas, where he has had an interesting weekend, it's Ben McMahon.
2: Howdy, partners! Hey. I would like to just start off with a heartfelt apology. I've been informed by many people, including the IT department, also people around the league. This is this is serious. I have been too hard on Pondtips. I apologize for repeatedly referring to him as ugly, also for calling him a butt face on the podcast last week. In some instances, the truth is not a defense, so I apologize for my behavior. I fully acknowledge that I have not been the best teammate recently, on this podcast, so I just want to get that out of the way. Sometimes things happen between teammates. Uh, people need to apologize, and I'm going to take that accountability right now. You and speaking your boy Rudy, of-
0: two peas in a pod.
2: <laughs> the transition I was shooting for.
0: <laughs> what an what an adult what an adult thing to say. Um, oh, speaking of that, uh, how about those uh, Minnesota Timberwolves? Um, they've had an interesting history this last uh, 18 or so years. And this one was one for the books that happened in Minnesota today in definitely the highest stakes game of the day. Although we had some, some minor drama in a couple other places, mm-hmm. but the difference for, for the, it wouldn't have actually worked out this way, but in theory, the Pelicans could have climbed as high as five today. Um, well, it was the one game of- where
1: both teams playing in the game had higher stakes in terms of wins and losses. But right. Everybody was everybody was playing all out to win. Also, great result, because if Minnesota would have lost, they
2: would have been in the nine, and I would have had that 9-10 game. Now I get to kick my feet up on the couch for the play-in. So, man, big man, big winner. A lot of things <laughs> did not go well for the Wolves, but they got the result right, and I am appreciative of that. But, boy, <laughs> Wendy, though, we had – can you imagine a key starter punched a wall and broke his hand, and that's not the biggest story even from that
1: quarter – for the Timberwolves? It, it was unbelievable. I walked into my house after uh, coming home from Net Sixers, and I walked in the door, and Andrew Pelkey, the uh, legendary producer who's running SportsCenter, texted me and said, what's going on with Kyle Anderson and Rudy Gobert? I was like, I just walked to my house. What do you mean? I was going to just got in a fight on the bench. I was like, what? <laughs> a yeah. fight? And then I went and looked it up, and it was actually a fight. I was like, no, what is Rudy, Rudy
2: took a Rudy took a swing and obviously uh, got sent home in halftime has apologized in the group text, apologized publicly on Twitter. It's going to be real interesting to see, like, how do they handle this going forward? They've got to play in the 7-8 game Cer- in L.A. on a couple of days. Right. Certain so- so certainly
1: case- sounds like he's playing in this game tomorrow night based off of how everybody talked about it today.
0: Yeah, I would agree, and I think he pretty much has to. So um, just in case people didn't see it, uh, in the first half of this game, I believe it was midway through the second quarter, Mm-hmm. During a timeout, Kyle Anderson and Rudy Gobert get into a back and forth. Um, some people have posted some possessions from before that, uh, including our friend Rob Perez. I I, I don't want to presume. I don't think it's known. At least I Well, don't know Chris exactly. Finch. Chris
1: Finch seemed to indicate. I watched his press conference after the game. Seemed to indicate there was some uh, missed rotations and seemed to sort of indicate there were some issues defensively that led to this conversation
0: i mean mcmahon you've covered kyle anderson from memphis i mean his his reputation he's um he's not afraid to say things to teammates um i don't think he's like at the um uh i don't think he's at the draymond green level but he's not afraid to say things he's not afraid to say things to teammates
2: and, and reading uh, the reporting from Woj and Andrew Lopez, exactly what he said that led to the punch was, shut the F up, B. I mean, that's worse than <laughs> I even talked to Bond, Tim. So are you kidding me? <laughs> um, so, But you know what, though? Let's be honest. In the heat of the moment, on the bench, guys say stuff like that. Like, you can't punch your teammate in the middle of a game. Well, you can't punch your teammate, period. But especially not in the middle of the well, game, speaking of a of punching- game with TV cameras all over the place.
0: Speaking of punching your teammate, you know, just classic NBA moment here, you know, in the preseason, Rudy Gobert tweeted after Draymond Green punched Jordan Poole, And that became public. Rudy Gobert tweeted insecurity is always loud.
2: Mm. Listen,
0: and then hold on. Then Draymond today, post game tweeted Mm. insecurity is always loud. Yeah.
1: Those two have a thing (laughs) going back years. Well, and right. might. they both have a point, you know, yes. like, yeah. so Rudy. Is- so, okay.
0: So, so Rudy, they pull Rudy away. Uh, mm-hmm. Tori and Prince like stood up in Ooh. the middle of the altercation and kind of got into Rudy's chest. So they had to pull Rudy away. He went to the locker room. It's a short walk between the Blazers uh, bench and their tunnel at target center. And so Rudy was gone and they sent him home. And so now with this vitally important game, they're without their, franchise center then um jaden mcdaniels Mm -hmm. who is you know one of their most important players um, their
1: their best perimeter
0: defender without question one of the better perimeter defenders in the
1: so important that they rather would throw
2: another first round pick than give him up in the gobert deal over the summer
0: right that's what happened and so he was frustrated coming out uh of the game for half going back into the tunnel at the end of the first half I'm not sure why he was frustrated. He didn't play the second quarter, I think. I'm not sure what the deal was, but he punched the wall and broke his hand. And so now he is out for almost certainly the remainder of whatever season the the, uh, Wolves are going to have. He's not guarding
2: LeBron in the playing game. They needed him to. That's for sure. That's
0: for sure. So they got two teams. So Gobert is, I assume, going to take this flight on Monday. I mean, we'll probably get more information on Monday, but I mean, everybody who
1: talked after the game certainly, I mean, Kyle Anderson and Mike Conley both essentially said the guy's got to play on Tuesday.
0: So, okay, but I just don't want to make an assumption. It's Sunday. No, it's there's a a lag between now and and when it comes Mm -hmm. out. So, um, meanwhile, the Wolves were behind in this game. Carl Towns has a good second half score, 17 points. And Ant Edwards makes a couple of absolutely jaw dropping plays down the stretch of this game, including mm-hmm. a block shot um, on CJ McCollum. Where,
2: how do you know they s- showed it in Omaha? They did not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they did not. Nope. I didn't see it live. Um, did catch some highlights though. And uh, there you go. He had a breathtaking uh, help side defensive block. I, I mean, CJ. I can't believe he would have thought Ant could have gotten there and certainly not challenged him that high. I mean, he – pogo stick uh, action. Um, But anyway, Ant makes some plays on the stretch. I I think uh, Cat hit hit some threes in the second half, which helped them overcome. And they wiggle out the eighth seed, which it could have been worse. They could have uh, had the ninth seed and had to win two games. Now that's going to be New Orleans' fate. Um, And so, you know, I – I don't know what to make of this. I, I I don't. This has been a wild season all around for the Timberwolves. Yeah, they've had some real bad fortune. They've also have had some self inflicted wounds. Um, Not just the punch today, but um, the some of the personnel decisions that they've made. Um, You know, the Lakers have are getting a wounded team coming in to play them, and it's advantaged them. And if I'm the Wolves, uh, even with the trade from Mike Conley, probably giving them a better chance, you know, even next year of being a better team when you will mm. theoretically have cat for the whole season. I don't know how you can feel great about where your team is on the last day of the season, apart from just watching aunt Edwards make, you know, championship style plays under that kind of mm. pressure.
2: Well, you um, feel great about aunt Edwards and, you know, credit to cat
1: who, Hey, Say Carl Towns yeah. had 30 points on 10 for 19 yeah. shooting. Hit some massive shots. down. Yeah, we've all we've all had
2: we've all had our criticism of Cat, who hasn't proven that he's a winner despite all his talent. But boy, this was a big time performance by him. And look, man, you guys know I've got a good relationship with Rudy Gobert. You, you, there's no defense of this. And Rudy, admittedly, can be a difficult teammate. Right. Uh, yeah, yep. going back to the whole Donovan Mitchell Gobert thing, like pre COVID the, there was tension there because Rudy admittedly, like if Rudy's open for a lobby, doesn't get it. You're going to hear about it. If you blow a defensive rotation, you're going to hear about it. And there's a fine line between annoying the crap out of your teammates and trying to hold guys accountable. And Rudy has struggled with that line. This appeared, I don't know exactly what the argument was about, but Rudy tweaked his back yesterday. He's playing through it, and he was playing poorly, right? I'm just looking at the box yep. score. He's minus 14 in 13 minutes. I'm sure he's frustrated. You know, they had their little interaction, and he handled this poorly. The hope is Kyle Anderson's a grown man. Mike Conley's a calming presence, and, and they can kind of move past this. But, dude, this is a terrible, terrible, terrible look for oh. Rudy, and – there's, there really is no defending a, a veteran acting like this. And, and Chris Finch said after the game. Immaturity has been a problem for that team all year long. And it's certainly reared its ugly head today.
1: Well, listen, this is why i getting Mike Conley was such an important thing, right? I mean, we talked, I mean, you brought up two months before the trade that Mike Conley would be the perfect kind of guy for Minnesota to get. And for him to be there, you know, obviously he's the kind of guy that can help them get through this kind of thing. Look, Kyle Anderson grew up here. He played at St. Anthony's for Bob Mm -hmm. Hurley in Jersey City. He, as he sort of, I assume, said jokingly after the game, it's not the first time he's been in a a bit of a scrape during a game. Like, this is a guy who is an adult, as you said, and Mike Conley is an adult, and I think these guys will be fine. I think the bigger issue, frankly, I mean, everybody's going to understandably focus on the Rudy situation. A far bigger issue is this Jaden McDaniels thing. Probably like, out for the playoffs. Like he broke his shooting. I mean, hand. I can't have to, he can I mean, play with that. Well, have I'm have just to,
0: trying to have, have to. To. they haven't put out an injury report yet.
2: Right. But, okay, I mean, but, but okay. we best case scenario. The guy's got a broken shooting hand. Yeah. I mean, like, you have to, kinda, you have to kind of tough for a guy who needs to shoot a basketball.
1: Well, you have to assume he's not playing on Tuesday. And if they lose, he's not playing on Friday. So
2: let's That's just the, not can I, that can I tell you
1: sure. something? Can I tell something kind of funny?
2: I did actually play most of my senior year of high school. With uh, I broke this bone, the pinky bone in my hand. You you want to know how I did it?
0: Punching a wall?
2: No, it was a door. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well,
0: was it over after uh, after, a after on the basketball court, or was it something? No, else? you were it you were slightly
1: after, less you were slightly less skilled than Jade McDaniel's too. It, no doubt, it, too, was, it, was
2: a, it was after a fight with a teammate, though.
1: <laughs> Can't believe that too.
2: Can't believe that. <laughs> Um, Yeah, but I mean, God, the McDaniels thing, it's like if that was the if that was what happened in this game, it would still be like we'd still be talking about the Timberwolves. And then the fact that the guy that they gave up essentially five first round picks and some role players to get this summer uh, is punching a teammate in a critical game of the season finale. It's just an
1: unbelievable cluster bleed. Well, and then they turn around and they play great the rest of the game and, you know, really controlled a lot of the game and won. I mean, Ant had eight turnovers, but he, he made some spectacular plays late. Like you said, Brian, that was yeah. you know, literally yelled when he made the block on CJ. I thought CJ had a layup. And all of a sudden, Ant came out of nowhere and not only blocked it, but the ball was able to be kept in bounds and they went the other way. And he eventually scored after one of those turnovers became a turnover back the other way. But. You know, this is going to be a really interesting game on Tuesday, I think, even with McDaniels out. I mean, the the Lakers don't really have somebody to guard Ant. Now they also now don't necessarily have somebody to guard LeBron. Um, Mm -hmm. There's this whole Rudy dynamic that's going to be interesting. You know, Cat is playing really well, shooting the ball well. Um, You know, Mike Conley is not a stranger in playing big games like this. Like it, it's a pretty interesting matchup. Um, You know, it should be a really fun game.
2: So let me read this tweet real quick. This is from Chris Hine, who covers the Wolves for the uh, for the Star Tribune up there in Minnesota. Said, this was after the incident, obviously. He said he'd been working on a piece about Kyle Anderson's leadership and his blunt, honest way of talking to teammates. He asked Rudy about Kyle Anderson yesterday. This is Rudy's quote. Kyle wants to win. Sometimes he's a little aggressive in the way he talks, but I don't take it personally. I receive it in a positive way because it comes from a place of wanting me to be the best Rudy I can be and wanting us to win. I love his competitiveness, love the way he plays the game, the way he makes others around him better. He's been a huge part of this year. So, like, hey, this is who Kyle Anderson is. You know, he might he might mix in a cuss word or two when he's confronting a teammate on the bench. Rudy yesterday appreciated it. Today, Rudy was clearly in his feelings, probably because he wasn't playing well and reacted poorly. And you know, now the Wolves, hey, let's shake hands. Hug it out, get on a plane, and try to get the seven seed, and uh, you know, off they go.
0: Here's what Rudy said when he made his statement: "Emotions got the best of me today. I should not have reacted the way I did, regardless of what was said." Was hmm. Kind of interesting. He probably so left that part out. Yeah. Editorial comment there. I want to apologize to the fans, the organization, and particularly to Kyle, who is someone I truly love and respect as a teammate. So, I mean, he had to he had to do something to ensure that um uh that you know that he could play tomorrow (laughs) Um or i mean tuesday no rudy Um,
2: absolutely needed to apologize publicly it's one thing to do it in the group text it's another thing and and again i will say this about rudy when rudy is wrong he will take like with the donovan mitchell thing rudy took accountability for his issues or his you know role in that relationship becoming frayed um I, frankly, I never thought Donovan did. Rudy did, but he Rudy still like he he does annoy the hell out of teammates sometimes. Oftentimes, it's all true.
0: Yes. Yeah, so um, the way this all you know fell in the West, there was a little bit of drama with the Clippers and Suns. Um, it came down to I, I, the game wasn't secured till there was about ninety seconds left, and I suppose it's possible there could have been something crazy. Um, I mean, it was even
1: less than that. It was a one possession game inside a minute.
0: Is that what it was? Yeah, maybe. Pretty sure. Yeah, Ka- Kawhi had a couple of baskets.
1: Kawhi, had, um, Kawhi finally put him up five with like fifteen seconds to go, and then it was pretty much over at that point.
0: That game that was big because that game I was actually uh, allowed to watch. Uh, I was allowed to watch that. one. <laughs> that, that's why the game um, was
2: big because you could watch it. That's right. That was huge. It was Golden City huge... on the
0: hill, allowed viewing. A the loud last viewing. day of the of the last day of league pass. Uh, all rules were stuck to. Forget about the this. Um, so the um the the Lakers um were well, the reason that uh, mattered,
1: just so in pace people somehow don't know, is if the Clippers had yeah. lost that game, it would have been Warriors Suns in the first round. <laughs> and then the Clippers would have played the Kings in the um 3-6 matchup. But because the Clippers won, it's the other way around. It's Clippers Clippers yeah. play Phoenix and, the, and Golden State. And the Wolves
0: the game. game came right down to the end as well, and I think finished after the Clippers game.
1: Yeah, a couple and of minutes it's one later.
0: Of the, it's one of the reasons why the NBA starts these games all basically along there's like there was two waves of games um yeah all the east coast know, games and all the
1: west coast games all started at the uh, eastern conference western conference all started at one and three 30 respectively right. eastern time.
0: because the, for that exact reason they didn't want a team to have an advantage over another team um you know knowing knowing potentially what you know if they, w- whether they could uh uh, you know needed to lose or something like that but um mm-hmm. the war, the wolves were two and one against the lakers this season <coughs> um and they only played one game against them in la which they won i don't remember it i have to look it up and see right. um, and you know what I'm it's down. one of those
2: things where like when it was matters because as you right. pointed out the the lakers are arguably the best team in NBA history. They're right up there with that Lakers team that won 33 straight <laughs> since this trade. So they're the best playing
0: team of the of the post uh, 2022 <laughs> era. <laughs> yeah, but seriously,
2: they're obviously a much different team before the trade than after. Plus you got to go look back and who played what game. I don't ever put a whole lot of stock in what a record was in a regular season series.
1: Well, what I will say is everybody played Ten days ago, when they played, and the Lakers won in Minnesota, One of you know probably their best win. It was frankly, a vitally important
0: game. The re- the reason, that's the reason why this game's in L.A. You know, you get right yeah. down to it. There you go. Yeah, there and you it, go. And so it, that, it was so that, yeah, and that was probably that, their
1: best win in the past few weeks. I mean, that, they were Minnesota was fully fully healthy, playing everybody, and they went to Minnesota and won a huge game. Yeah, and that was an hell like, a win. It,
2: if Bon Timps hey, has <laughs> given the Lakers credit, it must have been extremely hey, I mean, impressive. Hey, listen, they
0: and that was you know, a that was a monster AD beat, game. He had, 30, yeah, he had a, yeah, he had 38, 38, and 17, 38, yep. and
1: 17, had, in that had case. a huge, had a huge, huge game. Look, they, mm-hmm. to, to the Lakers credit, they have beaten teams that have been in front of them. Their schedule has not been the toughest, but as we saw from Dallas, as we saw from a lot of these other teams in the West, they couldn't get out of their own way. The rest of them and the Lakers took care of business full credit yeah. to them. And, and you know
2: what? If the Lakers win the seventh seed, it's going to be a fascinating series against Memphis, which has major front court depth issues with Steven Adams, probably out for the whole playoffs. Brandon Clark, certainly out for the whole playoffs. You know, Jaron Jackson Jr. is obviously a uh, defense player of the year favorite, but Hey, it's foul yeah, trouble. Exactly. And so him being the guy who, okay. First of all, if he's guarding Davis, that's a huge responsibility, foul trouble. How's it affect him? As far as energy on the offensive end, how much can he be that help defender guy who's cleaning up everything? If AD is his primary responsibility, like that's that's a big tough matchup for the uh, for the Grizzlies. And then, um, no, we'll, we'll we'll get to that if they get there. But Dylan Brooks defending LeBron would, would be absolutely fascinating in that series.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, let's not make any assumptions. Um, yeah, also we'll, the other play, we'll see what game. we're talking
1: about on Friday about where the Lakers are at.
2: There you go.
0: That's fair. The other play in game before we move on to the non play in West. Team Although
2: game. Wendy said to win in 17 straight, but go on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I could make a comment about something like that. Uh, I was mis- misattributed on something with involving you, but I won't do it. Um, the other, other playing uh, game
2: go go for it i, I if i get no, it like well, i don't want to get ahead
0: you know did was there not a international superstar who accused you of something today that wasn't 100 percent accurate
2: when well, we clarified on the spot yes there was we'll get to that okay well
0: thank
1: you <laughs> that's all brian i was trying to do a little bit of uh a little bit of foreshadowing mcmahon
2: yeah. foreshadowing. that's a tease um, we call that a tease in the business baby
0: they're very good um Anyway, the other play-in game in the West is uh, the Thunder going to go to the Pelicans. The Pelicans finishing ninth is just, uh, I don't know. They, they, they've they had a very, just very difficult to reconcile the season. I well, guess. We saw Zion
1: Williamson today on the Minnesota Timberwolves social media feed congratulating Anthony Edwards on his play uh, in today's game after the game. First time we've seen Zion Williamson in a minute. Honestly, dude, for the for the
2: Pelicans just to make the play in is a pretty impressive accomplishment. Considering obviously all the time Zion missed, and like at one point they lost ten straight.
0: Well, hold games. on, hold yeah, on. The I teams mean, they were also twelfth. One of them is is a publicly acknowledged tanker, and the other one is a very dude, clear the actions tank, tanker. The
2: Mavs tanked the last two games because they farted all over their faces for the previous month and a half or two months. Uh, That wasn't bigger plan. But but, but
0: again, let's not not break our arm patting them on the back. The bigger point is the Pelicans were (laughs) a game out of
1: first place in the conference at the start of 2023, and they they limped into the play-in. It's a pretty massive. With Zion playing at
2: all-NBA level, they were really, really good. Things are a little different with him rehabbing hands.
1: And Jose Alvarado, who,
0: by the way, is an important player for them. Well, but
1: that's why this is a
0: massive disappointment this
1: season for New Orleans. This is a massive disappointment from where they were at the start of January to Brian's point to be ninth in the play-in for a second straight year, to be limping into the playoffs, having Zion Williamson play 29 games again, his career average over the first four years of his career. Like, this is a massive disappointment. They thought they were going to be better than this. It looked like at the start of January that a chance to be a lot better than this instead, they're kind of stuck back in the same spot. And maybe they'll win a couple games to get in the playoffs and, you know, get a matchup with Denver in the first round. But, you know, for both Minnesota and New Orleans, this is not where they expected to be or thought they were going to be.
0: Just a a few things. One, Brandon Ingram played 45 games. He had this foot issue that bothered him. Zion played 29 games. Uh, That's that's fair and as christian clark who covers the team for the um new orleans times picayune um uh tweeted they're four years into the zion brandon ingram experience because you remember they got brandon ingram on the trade for anthony davis the same they drafted zion and their four regular season finishes are 13th 11th 9th and 9th and they're paying them both max contracts i like both players but it's you know 13th 11th 9th and 9th is not something to be proud of well I totally recognize
1: the fact that they've had injuries but that's part of the reason it's a disappointment like it's a disappointment that Zion Williamson is hurt again that that's all it's not that's not anyone's disappointment that's obviously I mean a
2: franchise altering concern moving forward
0: Right. Well, that, that, we'll this, I will say that. I just say I just
2: think I'm just saying like I give them credit for the resolve that they had after all the stuff went to hell this year. Um, not just with dying going out, but a 10-game losing streak and to kind of rally and and qualify for the postseason in a season where you got tanking blatantly throughout the league. I'm gonna give the, the Pelicans credit for the competitive resolve. That's all I want to say.
0: Okay, Fair. and I will Fair. say this. Last year they were ninth. Granted, they were No Zion, but they were a little healthier. Um, They won their way in through the play-in and then pushed the Suns to the limit. Actually, threw some stuff at the Suns that was sort of knocked them off their game and kind of showed a Mm -hmm. blueprint on how you defend them. And it sort of helped the Mavericks a little bit. And then the Mavericks with Luke obviously knocked them out. So last year, they ended up having a real positive end of the season despite finishing ninth. So I don't want to count them out. They do get a thunder team. This is their first taste in on about anybody on that roster of anything regarding uh, the postseason. Yep. I'm trying to think on that roster. They have anybody who's uh, playing uh, with- that's a good question because Mascal be got right? traded. Yeah, no
2: Shea, Dor- Shea- Lou, Lou, no, Shea with the Shea, Clippers his rookie Shea, year and, and in the second year. Shea in the bubble with the, and the Clippers before that and the bubble. Yeah. Chris Paul, Lou Dort, Lou Dort, blue was bubble. on that team. So I mean. Okay. Precious little playoff experience. Yeah, yes. very
0: little. But it's it'll be it'll be good for them. Um, they are the beneficiary of Dallas uh punting. And and speaking of that,
2: <laughs> obviously I was gonna say this is Shay's well, okay. Let's just make it Shay's first time as the man on a play in postseason for sure. team for sure.
0: Yes, uh transition smoothly that Wendy. I, I'm preparing my uh all my uh my ballot for the all the NBA awards. I have to send it in the next few hours, mm-hmm. and Shay shows up. Multiple times on first uh, team on my b- Shay shows up multiple times on my ballot.
2: Oh, um, MVP above Shea shows wow, up you multiple put, times. You put Shay above Joker on the MVP ballot. I cannot believe Wendy. Uh, wow, baby.
0: Uh is that what I said? Uh oh, that's yeah, right. A- not
2: above, not above Joker. Joker's not on the ballot. My bad. <laughs> uh,
0: you know, he's a um He's a candidate for most improved player. He's a candidate for all NBA. He's a candidate for a spot on the MVP ballot. Wow! He is is a
1: he is a stud.
0: Yeah. Okay. So hopefully we see a good game between those two teams. Um, Is that Tuesday or Wednesday?
2: That's Wednesday night. Wednesday. Wednesday. I think that uh, I do think that Dario Sarge's playoff experience is going to be huge for the Thunder. Huge. More Hoop Collective podcast after this.
0: Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Yeho tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Okay, so tell us about your weekend, McMahon.
2: <sighs> Where do you want to start? Um, Friday. So, listen, obviously, the Mavericks blatantly tanked. I was, frankly, I was shocked. Like, we, everybody knew we talked about, like, they were considering this. Uh, and Luca put the, you know, put his foot down and said, no, we are not going to shut the season down before we are eliminated from playing contention. Absolutely not. I'm playing as long as we have even the slimmest of chances. They go out the next night. They beat the Timberwolves. Kyrie's phenomenal in the fourth Kings, quarter.
1: beat the Kings.
2: Kings, my bad. One of those teams that wear, wears purple. <laughs> it's all good. Not the Lakers.
0: And the Kings, by the way, the Kings still had a shot at the two seed that night. Yeah, the Kings were trying yeah, to win the game. For they sure. played they their were. full team and, and played did. their full they, minutes.
2: They were on a back-to-back, but whatever. The Mavericks needed to win that game to keep their slim Hope's alive, and they did, and Kyrie was unreal, had 19 in the fourth quarter, just an incredible shot-making display, and oh, what might be the last time that he wears a Dallas Mavericks uniform, but let's get to that later. So I am sitting in the media room yesterday, or uh, the pod, it'll be uh, on Friday morning, rather, Friday morning, waiting for the Bulls shoot-around to wrap up, and get a little... Twitter alert! Ah, oh, the Mavericks injury report. Well, let's see if anything's changed. Oh, a lot has changed. Kyrie Irving right foot injury management. Wow, twenty-two year old part-time starter Josh Green, rest. We don't rest? Need, to need to list.
0: We need
1: to list. Oh, no, please of them. do. As soon as we saw please Josh do. Green Tim, rest. Tim like,
2: Tim Hardaway Jr. left ankle soreness. Christian Wood rest. Maxi Kleber uh, left hamstring injury management. Five guys, the co-star and four key role players for the Mavericks, resting in a win or be eliminated game. All of these were precautionary, right? And so I'm like, "What in the bleepity blappity?" And so, you know, I I start reaching out to the Mavericks, trying to get explanations. I did get it, you know, talk to some folks and got enough to where I can at least convey their message when I went on. Later that day, but basically it was like, hey, this was they decided to prioritize their lottery positioning over a very slim chance of making the play in. And it came and will down you remind us
0: things. where they were with the Bulls. It wasn't just so this was
2: critical. The losing to the Bulls was it was a massive it, in some they ways. Were tied,
1: they were tied with the Bulls for 10th. And if they won the there game, they would have finished 11th.
0: Right. In and, some it, ways and if they was-
1: finished 10th, they got a 80 percent chance of keeping their pick. It was a must-win game to make the play-in
2: and a must-lose game to, to be positioned to keep their pick. And like you said, it's about an 80% chance they keep it now because, once again, top 10 protected pick owed to the Knicks for Chris Tapp's porzingis the final piece of that Chris Tapp's porzingis deal. Um, and this was a decision. The, the, the reason – I wasn't shocked by the strategy. I was shocked by the defiance of what Luca made clear he wanted. And Luca was still playing. And then the decision was made later in the day. All right, we'll yank him after the first quarter. It was I feel Slovenia. So do you think night.
0: That, that was that, that was a change that initially that they were going to play Luca the more of the game and then they decided later? I I do
2: believe that changed throughout the day. And it, it came down to they pulled the plug around him and he probably would have been like, well, okay, whatever. But it was I feel Slovenia night. There's, I don't know how many, but hundreds and hundreds of people flew from Slovenia for this. And Luca actually missed it last year because it was on the second game of a back-to-back, which was a tough look. Um, So he went out and he played a quarter. He's out there. I mean, obviously, they're not trying to win. But he scored 11 points. He's chuckling with Vucevic and whatever. And then he goes back out there for the start of the second quarter. I'm like, well, this is weird. Plans have changed again. What they did was – Goes through the motions on a defensive possession, which isn't that different than you know uh, standard operating procedure. And then posts up, gets the ball, a little spin move, drives to the bucket, pump fake, lays it in, then commits an, an intentional foul. It wasn't a take foul because those had destroyed the, the Mavericks' season, according to Mark Cuban. Didn't know how those were going to impact this league. But it was an intentional foul, so he, he could blew sub it. out.
0: He, he blew it. He,
2: oh man, they just didn't see that take foul really altering the league like that. Um, and just he real quick, out. just
0: because I, I don't want to slow you down, but just to explain to the listeners, Cuban blamed their defensive failures on his miscalculation on the take foul in an interview yes. last week. Yeah, on, on Wednesday, affected like one possession a game, but Maybe. okay,
2: whatever, whatever. Uh, just me taking a little, you know, cheapy. Um, which I apologize for. I should be really more mature. Um, But no. So then Luke takes the foul and subs out, and they were trying to get him a standing ovation. Dude, it was like this. He got he got the ovation he and the Mavs deserved.
0: Yeah, I <laughs> described
2: it. I described it as a smattering of confused clapping. It was a, like this might have been the like the Mavs. What about, had, the, what
0: about the Slovenians? Did they stand? <laughs>
2: I oh. over. Jay Kidd was asked about. There was a Slovenian reporter in his post-game press conference. The last, pre, the last question of Kidd's press conference was from a Slovenian, basically saying, "Hey, man, a lot of people spend a lot of money and put forth a lot of effort, fly over here from Slovenia. Like, do you have anything to say to them?" And Jay Kidd basically was like, "Stuff changes." This was after Jay Kidd. He never said tank, but basically, we'll get to
0: we'll get to that in a second. Okay, I want I we'll want to I hear about that.
2: Okay, so that's Friday night, and 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 Jay Kidd basically said it was an organizational decision and, you know, essentially admitted the obvious, like this is a decision made in the best long-term interest of the franchise. And everybody understood what we just laid out top 10 protected yeah, but, pig.
0: But, but he made okay. it clear. This was not my decision.
2: Yes. I I'll say this. I asked JK, I said, do you agree with the decisions? He said, with the decision, he said, my boss is uh, something like my boss has made it. So Yes. I didn't get the sense that Jay Kidd put up much of a fight. I got the sense that the only okay, person but who his really quotes fight, made it.
0: he was very clear. Yeah. No, he this put was it an organizational decision. They said it. They wanted to he,
2: it. and specifically Mark Cuban and Nico Harrison, the owner slash governor and general manager. Jay Kidd, named and that's those why two the Mavericks are in trouble.
0: Those quotes are why yes. the Mavericks are in trouble.
2: Right, because listen. Well, blatant tanking is well, not enough. No, well, no, no. blatant tanking is no, not enough. He's right. There'd be investigations all over the place.
0: In the NBA, you can do something, but when you say what you're doing, that's when you get in trouble. The reason they're not—they're not, have... not being
2: punished for tanking. They're being honest or punished for our or, or investigated, I should say, for honesty. That's they're right. Being, that's right. No,
1: no, 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 no. That's the, Jason Kidd's comments are not. Are that is absolutely incorrect. That is not why this is happening. Why, reason, uh, why is it? I will tell you right now. The reason why the NBA is doing this is because the Mavericks embarrassed the NBA and embarrassed the league office. That is why. Plenty of teams do no, that. No, no, with no. those quotes, those nope. quotes if are going to be in the investigation. If those quotes were not said, if those quotes were not said, if Jason Kidd just sat there and said la di da di da and didn't say anything and walked away, the outcry and the furor around the Mavericks saying, "Hey, guess what? You're playing tournament." This thing you created to have everybody care about the end of the season, <laughs> we're going to give you the the double middle finger, and we're not gonna we're not gonna even attempt to play in these games. Okay, we're going to take me ask you for a draft pick. That's why the league okay. office is doing this. Are, are sure. they inve- are they
0: investigating the Utah Jazz? Are,
2: they are investigating they? the at- Dallas? Yeah. Ma- are they investigating well,
0: the Portland Trailblazers? Listen. The,
2: this no, is the jazz, the jazz were also eliminated from playing
1: this week. And if we want to get through this, injury list, it's pretty I extensive. Under, I understand that. But I'm telling you, the reason this is happening is because with Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving on the team and the Mavericks having a chance to win their way into the playoffs, as you said, at 10 o'clock in the morning or oh, 11 yeah. o'clock in the morning, there was an injury report that got put out that made it very clear Dallas is oh, going to yeah. try to lose the game. That's why Mm -hmm. this is happening. Obviously, J-Kid's comments laid out what they were doing on top of it. But the bottom line is the Mavericks embarrassed the league and embarrassed the league's play-in tournament as being a thing that was going to have teams be motivated to play to the end of the season. And they did it with two of the biggest stars in the league. And the league is either going to come down like hell hath no fury on them, or yeah, it's right. going to be, well, no, yeah. well, hold on. No, 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 hold on. I'm not saying they're going to do that, to be clear. Okay. I said they're either going to come down on them now or what already has been ridiculous open season with the embarrassment that the Portland Trailblazers has been the past years. By the way, Portland oh, yeah. has now won a combined seven games after the All-Star break last year and this year. We're going to get to Portland in a bit. Mm-hmm. They've also been outscored by 30 Jesus. points and losses 14 times. After they the got outscored by 50 what 50 today? Fifty something. It was almost sixty. Almost became fifteen because it counted twice today. Almost. So <laughs> there. This is a rampant problem with oh, with absolutely all sorts it of is, teams. But and
2: I, I, I Alice, got an argument about this with, with somebody in the league office that this is a mass. The tanking is a massive problem. This is not a one year victors at the top of the draft thing. Absolutely not. We are not buying that. That is well, and at the bottom line is for the
1: past it, the past two or three weeks, the league has just been rife with games where nobody's trying to play, and nobody's trying right. to win, either because teams have qualified to make the playoffs and they're positioning themselves for the playoffs, how they feel like, or they're these teams at the bottom that are doing whatever they can to lose these games. But while all that is true, and we have talked we have talked about these other teams, the reason this is happening is because the Mavericks embarrassed the league office and embarrassed the league oh, by by having two of the best, biggest stars in the league just say, yeah, we're good. We're not going to try in front of everybody watching.
0: That's and why the leak, happens. as as we all know, the league can do whatever it wants and justify it. However, it wants to justify it. This has been happening since before we were involved in the NBA. For sure. happened after we involved in the NBA. For sure. Having said that, the kid comments are going to be what they use against them. It's, well, a, that, it's a smoking gun. That and, I, and that also, I
1: agree with. But
0: it's not on, why what, they're investigating.
2: That's one all. other factor here. One other factor. There has been one franchise, I believe, that has paid a sick one, one, NBA team owner, governor, whatever you want to call it, who's paid a $600,000 fine. I don't think any other uh, team owner has been fined for publicly admitting tanking. Mark Cuban was six hundred dollars in 2018 when they were tanking to try to get to the top of the Luka draft. And he went on Dr. J's podcast, which is No Hoop Collective but it's <laughs> apparently that it, it exists and, and said that, you know, basically took Dirk and, and the rest of the vets out to dinner and said, Hey, losing's our best option. He got hit 600 grand for that. So this is not only the extreme circumstances of a team with two stars tanking when they still have a chance to make the in, right? Blatantly doing it. The head coach yep. essentially, other than using the four letter word, Calling it exactly what it is and saying the decision was made by the general manager and owner of the team. But then yep. you've got Cuban having a recent history of this. That's a lot. And, and so, so,
0: yeah. so Bobby Marks reviewed the rules and they have a wide latitude of what they could do to the Mavericks here. They could punish them by taking a draft pick. I would be surprised I don't know what they're going to do. I would be surprised if they went that far, but because they've already got a baseline fine for strike 1 of 600 grand, I'm guessing that there will be a monetary penalty that will be f- more painful than that.
2: Well, um, my reading was they can only fine up to a million.
1: They can suspend like depending on like listen, there's there's well, the wide... documentation. The documentation Bobby said said they could fine them up to 5 million.
0: That's what I thought it was. I see. So, I,
1: I though I read through it though. I thought that was. I, either way, either way, it depends it, on a wide interpretation. That would be a I Either thought way, was it's just, more
2: due to tampering.
1: Well, look. It, regardless, I was going by Bobby's top line reading of it. I read through it as well. Like you said, it is a little ambiguous in different spots. The bottom line is, it's a potential seven figure fine. I'm also going to say this: the way things are currently set up. These leagues, these teams are all incentivized to do what they've been doing. That's whether it's all these teams we're talking about, but that is is the problem. Well, that's
0: what what I'm going to say. Clinically, they made the right move. They played the percentages
1: the right way, for sure.
0: yes. Yes, strategically and clinically, specifically because of the fact that they would lose their pick. If they lost the, the everyone, chances of them losing everyone involved,
1: everyone involved agrees they did the per, by percentages right thing to do. Everyone involved also well not involved everyone around the league who has thought about this, whether it's us or people in the league or whatever, also all agrees that the Mavericks literally bungled this whole thing oh in every way you possibly could. It could not have been handled worse, from dude, Cuban's at comments least all at- the way forward.
2: At least pretend on the injury report. You will not be alone in that. I mean, everybody everybody who's played a full season has something sore. Ask a guy what's sore and put it on there. For a 22-year-old part-time starter, don't put rest for a win or be eliminated game. Yeah, um, man, but it wouldn't for, have matter. For, because, for Christian Wood, hell, the injury just DMPC deal.
0: I know, but the injury report changed the day of the game. It. W- Look, I know, but come on, they didn't even Luca came out, as you said, Luca came out on Tuesday and said, Essentially, I don't tank. And yeah. the and the organization said, We're gonna tank. Yeah, Luca said, and... not
2: basically he said, as long as there's even a little chance he's playing. Essentially he said, Not on my watch. And we talked to Luca after today's game. He did an exit interview despite, you know, obviously not playing today. And first question is, hey, what changed between Tuesday and Friday? And he says, I didn't like that decision. That's it. Basically, okay. Like, was it discussed with you before? And he said, Of course. Uh, so basically, like, they said, Hey, sorry, you don't like it. We're, we're doing it anyways. And he said, I mean, we came to an agreement. That to me was what was so shocking because everything the Mavericks are doing is trying to salvage things with, Hey, Luca, you can win here. Like, you know, well, not unique well, to him. They're kissing let's... his butt.
1: Yeah, let's but go back to Friday. Let's go back to Friday's press conference. What did well, what did but, Mark Cuban but, say? Mark no, Cuban said Cuban, we have to earn earn the right to have yeah, this that, guy on the team. That, that well, was I'm Wednesday. Friday's pod. I'm talking about. But Friday, as I'm yeah. talking
2: to people in the organization, somebody said to me, "I said, dude, like Lucas said, he didn't want this. Like, how do you?" And by the way, the the whole tanking thing originally was floated without him even being looped in that conversation, which seems like a really really. Stupid thing to do. Um, that's why Luca came out Tuesday and was so strong against it. But um, so I'm like, you know, how do you explain this to Luca? And the answer essentially was ultimately, Luca wants as much talent on the team as possible. Basically, they're saying, look, ultimately, whether Luca feels like he's loved or not ain't gonna matter. They're gonna love him up, but what's gonna matter is can they put a damn Decent team around him and give him a chance to contend. And they felt like if they lose this pick. So
1: that would be a massive blow to those. What I'm going to say are pretty slim hopes right now. Well, look, let's go back to the conversation we had on Friday, right? You wrote an awesome obit. Anybody who hasn't read it, go read it in the in the obit. You said that there's fears within the organization that if they don't improve over the next year, that with two years left on his deal at that point, Luca could yeah. go to the Mavs and say, mm-hmm. in the summer of 2024, and say, hey, fellas, we got to do something here because this ain't going to happen. We're not going to win a check. We're not going to yeah, be good and we, enough. And we've talked about that all
2: year long. All I'm saying is, like, I can confirm those fears exist
1: throughout right. the organization. Right. Um, it's simple NBA math. And, you know, go forth. Well, no, and, and if we go back to the conversation we had on the pod on Friday... Like mm-hmm. what did, what was the whole tenor of the pod? It was as we all sit here and look at it and we've all spent a lot of time talking about it off the pod, talking about it on the pod, looking at this thing. It's really hard to see how they're going to find a way to get this thing back to being a championship level team with the limited right. assets that they have. Like, it's, and just it's going to be really hard. So this is why they're in the position where they're doing this because they don't they've put themselves in a box where they don't really have any other choice because they're that strapped and, in what they can do. And again, Cuban
2: basically acknowledged the fears that we're talking about. Yep. When he said, essentially he thinks Luca wants to spend his whole career in Dallas, but you know, we quote got to earn that. Now, yep. you know, all I, all I did with the report was put a more specific uh, timetable on that. But again, it's like, dude, if you've been paying attention to this team in this league, you know, that's what the fear is going to be. Two um, years out, so,
1: two years out from free agency is always when that chatter really starts, and that's next been, summer.
2: It's been it's been bumped up to that, although KD arguably bumped well, it up even sure. further. But that was a unique situation. Um, right. So today, during Luca's exit interview, I bring up Cuban's comment, and I said, "How do you feel about the direction this franchise is going, and what needs to happen to make you comfortable? This can be a long term fit." And Luca, you know, Luca can be a little snarky, which I can relate to. Um, I can, relate to, <laughs> I, I, I can relate to that. I can relate to his, uh, his off season conditioning program and his choice of beverages. Um, those are the three things we have in common. <laughs> um, anyways, he goes, yeah, I mean, I saw the report, you know, taking a little jab. He goes, I don't know who somebody said that uh, I was going to try to request a trade. Uh, it was funny, you know, cause I didn't know that was true. I didn't say it. And I replied, I said, I didn't say you did. And I, to be very clear, and then he he interrupted me. He goes, "No, no, no." Sources said, you know, kind of being smart with me. And I and I just wanted. I said, "No, like let's be clear here. I want to get this straight." I said, "I didn't say Luca is indicating that you're going to request a trade. What I said is, and I brought up Anthony Davis, in New Orleans in New Orleans, James Harden in Houston, Kevin Durant recently in Brooklyn, and obviously we all know you can go down the list of guys who've been superstars faced the franchise and forced trade." And I said. Basically, it's hey, if we don't have a chance to win a championship, something's got to change. He says, "I know what you're saying," and then he he goes, "I'm happy here, so there's nothing to worry." And that's that was that. And then he did like later on. He basically said, "Hey, something's really got to change. Like this summer, like to go from West Finals to your home before the freaking play-in. Like obviously, major changes have to be made." Um, he didn't want to discuss in detail, but he did, he did want Luca definitely wanted to use back like, Hey, I'm not thinking about requesting a trade now again, let the Mavericks fiddle fart around like they did this year, next year. And all I'm saying is watch out.
1: Well, what do we say on the pod? Right. Actions over words. Yeah.
2: And, and, and look, that's not a criticism of Luca who, no. He's got to be better too. He's got to get in better shape. As Jay Kidd said, he's got to get ready for the marathon. It was a very delicate way of saying he's got to be in better shape. He's got yep. to be better defensive. We can, you know, he's got to grow up some. He's got to be more mature.
1: We can we can
2: list the reasons Luca's accountable. This but- is an
1: organizational failure, Luca included.
2: Yeah. And it's more on the organization to get things fixed than on Luca. It's one thing if the organization puts a championship caliber team in place and and Luca doesn't hold up his end. But right. boy, they've got to give him a chance to where holding up his end means they've got a chance to contend. And they've got a long, long way to go and a lot of work to be done there. And if they don't, I don't think it's there's anything wrong if a superstar has been let down by his franchise and basically says, hey, this ain't good enough. Let's figure something out where you're getting value for a tra- in a trade and I'm going somewhere where I have a chance to win.
0: So before we move on, Dallas is indeed in the 10th spot. If everything holds, Dallas will have the 10th pick and not convey it to the Knicks. And the Knicks would then get the pick. I think it's the top 10 protected again next year.
1: It's top 10 and 24 top 10 and 25. And then it becomes a second. Right. Okay. Um. Uh, By the way, Chicago's now been... 11th. And if Chicago jumps up into the top four, that's the only way they keep their well, pick. This
0: is what I'm going to say. Six times in the history of the lottery has a team with the percentage chance of 11 through 14 jumped up. Mm-hmm. It hasn't happened that the percentages have changed over the years. So I'm not talking about just 11, mm-hmm. but when it, when a team with a chance uh, 11th has a, a 2.8% chance of winning, but there's a bigger chance of it all. But um, they have a 20% happened...
1: chance of keeping their, of losing their pick. Dallas. Right.
0: Right. But it did just right. happen in 2019. Um, the Lakers went from 11 to four. If something like that happened, if that pick went to the Pelicans. Yeah. uh, Or, or whoever the other losers in the, in the, in the play-ins are. um, No, no, I'm saying that Lakers
2: pick when they jumped up, went to the Pelicans. Right,
0: right. But I'm just saying it's happened. If, if what happens in 2000 is recently as 2019 were to happen. And one of the Mm -hmm. four teams behind the Mavericks jumps them, then their pick would go to the Knicks. Yeah. Also, the number 10th pick or like the 9th, 10th pick zone has jumped a handful of times mm-hmm. just in the last 10 or 12 years. Uh, yep. It happened with the Cavs once, 9th, um, I think. Yeah. Bruce has jumped
2: from nine to get jaw.
0: Right. So yep. it's happened. So lottery um, night could get interesting for them.
2: One more thing, really quickly on Luca's exit interview. Uh, he did make it very clear, and this has been consistent for him, that one change he does not want to happen is his backcourt mate. He wants Kyrie Irving back. Uh, he knows, hey, the results weren't there. We didn't win games. But he says, you know, relationship and on-court chemistry is a process. He really enjoys uh, he enjoyed having Kyrie as a teammate, uh, aside from the obvious. They, they didn't win games. And he absolutely wants Kyrie Irving to re-sign with the Mavericks. Cuban has made that.
1: What did Kyrie have to say about that, Tim?
2: Yeah, Cuban has made it clear the other day that it's it's the top priority. And I'm going to read to you a complete transcript of Kyrie Irving's um, exit interview. Let me clear my
0: throat. Okay, here we go. We lose his mic. (laughs) (laughs) More Hoop
2: Collective podcast after this.
0: Com. sign up today claim based on total games carried on sports networks sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package for the ones who get it done ranger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions plus their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer Call or click ranger.com or just stop by.
2: And that's that's what he had to say to us. Oh, Kyrie. Now, listen, I'm not saying that we can jump to conclusions based on the fact that Kyrie Irving, who very politely and but firmly said, I'm not going to talk about free agency during the season. I will discuss that at the end of the season. The fact that he did not do an ex interview with the Mavericks, that doesn't necessarily mean anything, other than he did not care to prevent speculation from going rampant.
0: Well, they certainly well, he certainly wasn't going to be asked any questions about today's game with the Spurs, and he certainly wasn't going to be asked any questions about a possible play-in game. So I assume he knew he didn't want to answer those questions. I'm pretty sure right. Kyrie
2: knew that this was the end of the season. I can tell you that. And <laughs> let me he, tell he knew you, those questions were coming, and he opted just to let silence speak loudly. That's right.
0: I want to tell you who had one of the best days in the NBA today, and that is Portland Trailblazers forward Jeremy Grant. Hmm. And I'm going to tell you why. He did.
2: I am curious about this because
0: after the Blazers got obliterated in a game that they had full intention to lose to the Warriors to end their tankathon, Dame Lillard came in and said a number of things. You want me to and read through these them, quotes? Said, I have a
1: bunch of them pulled up here.
0: You can, but one of the things he said was, I expect Jeremy Grant to be back next year. And considering the tone of the rest of this post game interview, I think the Blazers. We'll have to pay Jeremy Grant just about mm. anything he asks. And go ahead, Bontemps, if you have him called up, go ahead.
1: Yeah, so Sean Hyken, who covers the Blazers, was tweeting away today. And uh, there was a lot of interesting things said. So Damian Lillard, some of the things he said on the season, quote, honestly, it was underwhelming, just frustrating. A lot of things. Never being healthy, never never being fully healthy, never being able to put a consistent stretch together. A season full of ups and downs, not a lot of consistency. Okay, that's fine. Dame on the offseason, quote, I feel how I feel about Chauncey, I feel how I feel about Joe, meaning Joe Cronin, the GM. Mm-hmm. There is op- the optimism is there, but it's time to get the work done. Dame mm. continued. Condition yellow. I don't have Right. Dame continued. I think we're all in line with how we want to put a team together, okay? Also interesting. Mm-hmm. Now here Mama. we get to the real good stuff. Damian Lillard, quote, I think now is the time to really push forward. Along with, quote, I don't have much of an appetite for building with guys two and three years away and not Hmm. really going after it. Conditioned on Sharp is talking about you. Well, and also the the fact that the Blazers have another very high draft pick coming. I would imagine unless it's a certain Mm -hmm. Frenchman, uh, that would be a pick he would like to be jettisoned uh, for something else. Which, by the way, throw the Mavericks draft pick into that conversation
2: as well, unless it's the Frenchman. But go on.
1: Right. Jeremy Grant, to uh, um, to Brian's point, said he expects to be back. Gee, I'm sure he does at whatever price <laughs> well, he I mean, like to I mean, set. that's
0: one thing for a guy to say, I expect to be back. But it's another thing when the franchise player is putting the team on notice publicly, also says, I expect him to be back as well.
1: Right. Speaking of Shaden Sharp, Sean said that, uh, asked whether he feels like he's ready to be a starter. Shaden said, yes. I was like, okay, that's interesting. Uh, Chauncey Billups on changes this summer, quote, We've done the, quote, tweak thing a few times. We've got to do more than that this summer if we want to do right by the best player in franchise history. Or go ahead. I'll go on. I was going to
2: say there's another option there. Maybe doing right by him is moving him to somewhere else
1: where he has a chance to to, uh, contend, but go on. So Joe Cronin, quote, timeline-wise, it's time for us to start moving quicker towards having a roster that's ready to compete at the highest level. Joe mm-hmm. Cronin, quote, the rotation's going to be much more veteran-laden than it was this year. Joe mm-hmm. Cronin, quote, we don't want to go through this anymore. It's time for us to start winning basketball games, not just for Dane, but for all of us. We don't yeah. want to have another year like this. And Joe Cronin, quote, I think on Chauncey, quote, I think he's done a great job. I don't think I dealt him a great hand this season. I don't think I did him any favors by giving him the lack of depth that would have given him any sustainability. So all of this in total,
0: <laughs> one point. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Chauncey, I really look forward to having the opportunity to coach a really competitive team and show my growth.
1: Oh, yes. There's another one. Right. I missed that (laughs) one. Yeah. So in total, what this is very loudly saying, just all the claxons going off as loud as humanly possible is the Blazers are going to be in business to try to get better Mm -hmm. in a hurry this summer because it seems like... Dame has said, All right, guys, we spent the last two years being very bad. It's time for us to be good now, or I'm going to want to get out of here. And so everybody there is now like, All right, we got to jump well, forward. Well, hold on, hold on one second.
0: Hold, hold on one second. So, in general, we know that there are several other teams who feel the same way. That's right. One of them is the New York Knicks. Now, they don't feel the same type of pressure, but the Knicks are big game hunting. The Dallas Mavericks. Sure sound like they're going to be big game hunting. Obviously, they got to try to keep Kyrie, but Mm -hmm. you know McMahon just said with their pick, I'm sure. They've
2: got massive, massive urgency.
0: Okay. Houston Rockets, who dismissed their coach uh, today, Stephen Silas. It's going to be a three-year rebuild. No benefit to being bad next year unless
2: you get really lucky. Top four protected protected pick, Odo KC.
0: Not only that, but they held out. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr. for the last game so that they would clear an extra $2.5 million in salary cap mm-hmm, space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, why would they do that?
2: Get them firing. when Wendy, do they the fingers.
0: Are, <laughs> Get those fingers it. up. <laughs> they are Get doing it because they tend to go man. big game hunting. Boy, there's a lot. And plus, you know, you have the general teams that are always in well, wait, well, this is, well, this
1: is, well, this is the other part of this that matters, right? What have we talked about all season that all of these teams are basically the same, right? That there's as much parity as there's ever been. The West is as wide open as it's ever been. We've got these three teams at the top of the East that all, you know, in theory could win the conference, right? One of them's not getting, you know, but Boston or Philly is getting out of the second round of the playoffs. Um, you know, one of them in my or in Milwaukee is certainly not getting out of the Eastern Conference. This is all setting up for there to be an awful lot of disappointed teams. and we already have just ran through a few of them, including Portland and Dallas, right And when mm-hmm. teams are disappointed, that is when action happens and when this teams summer, are
2: disappointed with superstars they get desperate. I know but, and, but, and, teams and, are, it's,
1: and across but, the league, we're setting up for a whole lot of. Desperate know, slash active teams
0: this summer, but there's not enough room at the all-in here. Okay, well, I agree. That's hell of a time. Because be a you seller. know that the Lakers are always going to be big game hunting. You know that the Heat are always going to be big game hunting. That's what they do. Okay, yep. so but what, I'm what, just if Blazers, I'm just, what if the Blazers should? the Blazers don't have anybody by July 5th?
1: Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. This I'm not even saying saying the Blazers are going to get these guys. I'm agreeing with you. My point is you're going to have a whole lot of teams trying to do a whole lot of stuff this summer. And, and the, we already see some teams starting to line up for it, like Dallas and Portland. But over the next few weeks, as, this, as these playoffs start to shake out, there's going to be a whole lot more teams in the same boat. And with the cap starting to go up again and the new CBA going into effect, there's, there's just going to be, I think, a lot of movement this summer and a lot of teams yeah. itching to do stuff. And that and, tends to create a lot of chaos.
0: But we have the, the, the Blazers basically telegraphing their situation. And and by the way,
2: the Blazers... I'm also not sure are, they're going
0: to be able to get it done.
2: Especially because they are handcuffed on picks. They owe a lottery-protected pick to Through the Chicago Bulls. Is, is that from... Wh- who was that for? Do you remember? It was, that in, was in the Nance uh, Larry Nance, Nance trade. That's what I thought.
0: Mm-hmm. That's
2: what I thought. So they owe a protected pick to Chicago. The protections go all the way out to 2028. 20, mm-hmm. Yes,
0: they're encumbered. They do have their pick this year.
2: They have it this year. And they have the Knicks
0: they- pick that they got for year. Josh Hart, which will be the 23rd yep. pick. Mm-hmm. So because they have the Knicks pick, they can trade their pick this year. Well,
2: you can also always agree to a deal and then trade it after you quote unquote draft them.
0: Of course. Yeah. The guy puts your um, cap
2: on, but you're, he's another team's pick.
0: Right. But the difficulty with trading draft picks for players is that you have to the draft picks have no value unless they're signed. So you can't just trade a draft pick straight up for a great player, you know, it has to go with other stuff. So I mean, like, you know, Okay, let's say you trade Yusef Nurkic with your first-round pick, and now you're gonna, I'm gonna get my play that's gonna make me fifth in the West. But then you lost Yusef Nurkic. You know, it's 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 not that simple. It's it's really yeah. hard. And
1: well, I tell I'm you just what, it saying
0: th- they got they're they're setting something up that's going to be hard to execute.
1: Well, it well, feels like an e- it feels like it, it's like I said at the beginning. It feels like an either or. It feels like yeah. either they add these guys and they. They speed up the timeline or Damian Lillard is going to be looking around saying, where are the guys who are supposed to be coming in the door? Which might be the best thing. I,
2: it's, it's painful. I get he's a, a Portland icon, best player in franchise history, you can say. But, man, we've talked all year long. We talked all last year. like Portland, The path for Portland getting out of this NBA purgatory that they're in,
1: I don't see it. Well, and here's
2: the other problem. And you know,
0: it's going to start with paying Jeremy Grant through the nose. And he hired Rich Paul a few months ago. And by
1: the way, he he knew this was coming. And he didn't extend, right? When he Mm -hmm, got traded there, there was sort of a general expectation. He was going to get to his extension eligibility date, and he was going to extend. And he didn't extend. Now he's going into unrestricted free agency. And by the way, Portland does not have any, if he leaves, they don't have any cap space. So it's not like right. they can replace him. They just don't get to keep him. But the other thing that we need to talk about with this before we go is, yes, they might go to the Blazers and say, hey, I'm not happy with where this is going. We got to do something. Yeah. i to go somewhere else. I don't think, I'm not convinced that they're mm-hmm. going to be able to find a trade that they can make for Damian Lillard. And when I say well, they let's can Let's not make get it, ahead
0: of ourselves. Let's, well, no, let's but, wait and see how- No, no, no. But it,
1: it, I'm it, just saying- I'm just saying Man. something to consider here is when you think about how massively important Damian Lillard is to that franchise and to Portland, you can't trade him for one first round pick or two first round picks or something, especially when you look at
0: I, I get Rudy but Gobert. I, I don't want to talk about trades. that. I don't want I don't want to talk about that right now. I just oh, want to say this went this went from a green flag to an orange flag. In a, a series of media interviews after mm-hmm. after the game today,
2: fellas, I'm just going to read you some numbers real quick though, and I'm going to round up: 46 million, 49 million, 59 million, 63 million. That's what Damian Lillard's owed over the next four years, right?
0: And when Dame extended with this team last summer, he he said everything he he quadrupled quintupled down. Yep. He's got he's got forty toes that down. Said, that means. exactly so he you know he is in the situation that he is in he is being massively rewarded for being the franchise player for delivering portland entertaining basketball year in and year out Mm -hmm. and that is a factor in this too is that he knew exactly what he was doing when he extended and so he really doesn't have any slack or you know there's, there's some players that you see them make a move, and you go, "I get it. Why did I can't believe it took so long, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. With Dame, his loyalty, which is totally fine, which has been vastly rewarded, has yes. put this has made this what they're trying to do pretty difficult. Also, because those numbers are on their books, you know, it limits what they can do, and they can't let Jeremy Grant walk. At least, it, and, I mean, and, and
2: and it also, nope. if they did decide to go the other direction and trade Dame, it reduces his value because to, you know, we're, what, how old is Dame now? You know, he, you're, you're talking about a guy who, over the next four years, is owed well over two hundred million dollars. Well, that's and that's he what is I'm. A thirty-two, well, about to be thirty-three-year-old. That's but I. That's what I'm I, saying. I, I
0: think a team would do it if they liked the deal. Well, but because that's he's my, awesome. That's, and he was well, awesome that, this year.
1: I know, but that's but. my point. My point is, it's if, if it comes yeah. to that, it's just another reason this is a difficult spot that Portland is now right. in because they've yeah. already backed themselves into having to com- com- be at all these guys. And if they can't, I'm not sure if there's an off ramp if they want one then anyway.
0: Mm-hmm. So all right. Right. we'll, we'll it's, deal it's, with that off ramp when it's there. It was not, I would not, I know that it may sound exciting if you're a Blazers fan. Who knows? Maybe by July 10th, it will be exciting. But I wasn't excited by it. I was like, "Oh boy, here we oh, go." To me, it's just the because beginning. It, it, of what's it already going to be sounded a frenetic- like it already sounded like the general manager was under stress, yeah. and 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 the season had been over for for 15 minutes.
1: I think it's so, just the beginning of what's going to be a lot of teams being feeling pressure and and intense need to change their rosters well, and stuff around this summer. Also, the season's been over for two months. The their <laughs> you know,
0: the tank
2: has been over for 15 <laughs> minutes.
0: Right. I mean, let's well, be honest. The wolves and the calves and there's a whole bunch of teams that have already checked into the all-in uh, hotel. There ain't yeah. a lot of there ain't a lot of vacancy there right now. Um, sure. um so uh, the, the the Suns, the Lakers to a certain extent, you know, there's a lot of teams that have uh, the Hawks, there's a lot of teams that have moved in there so even even the team the that's in the
2: lottery even the team that's in the lottery
0: <laughs> more <laughs> than one apparently all right keep listening to collective podcast thank you to jackson our producer and uh hey here come the playing games and we'll talk to you uh, guys in a couple of days
2: adios amigos